Today on Dare to Develop, we are so excited to welcome Molly McCauley, a destination wedding photographer and the host of Make Pretty Workshops. Today, we're talking with her all about developing international workshops and creating content and if maybe going to a workshop fits for you or creating your own. Yes. So stay tuned to get some great nuggets on doing international content and what that looks like. You're listening to Dare to Develop, a podcast for creatives. I'm Christine Herman. And I'm Ashley Baumgartner. And we are two hybrid wedding photographers that dub ourselves work wives. With a passion for developing community and daring to take risks in business and art, we want to bring you along on a journey. The journey of artists, makers, business professionals, and more who want to level up their businesses by daring greatly and developing community. So let's get started. Today on Dare to Develop, we're so excited to have Molly McCauley, a destination wedding photographer and the host of Make Pretty Workshops with us. Today, we're talking all about developing international wedding workshops and content days. Thanks so much for being here with us today, Molly. Thank you for having me. Yes. So before we dive into all things creative workshops and your photography career, we'd love to just know a little bit more about you as a person. Sure. I am originally from the Midwest. I grew up in Wisconsin and pursued my undergraduate degree in photography, design, and retail merchandising because as most creatives, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do full-time with my life. And that was in Minnesota. While I was there, I moved to London to study all of my art history courses, worked for a fashion house there, and eventually came back to graduate. Not knowing what my next step was, I had some family who needed some help in Los Angeles. And I packed a suitcase and booked a one-way ticket and been there for 15 years. So that is the the quick the quick and easy but i grew up in a very creative family i've always been encouraged to be creative my mom was an art teacher and is a goldsmith my sister has worked in events and is an interior designer so we've always thrived in creativity so i've been very fortunate to grow up and be encouraged to pursue a creative career that's amazing and a background in art history i'm sure that helps a lot with understanding how to bring that over to photography and everything i remember taking an art history class in college and absolutely loved it so it's a lot it's funny because art history not only do you get you learn so much but there is a nitty-gritty in it also which sometimes isn't as fun as creating but i think as a foundational element to my craft and to photography in general. I think it's important to have that background and have that history and knowledge. And actually, I obtained my master's in fine art photography, too. I don't talk about this enough, but I I do have my MFA in fine art photography with the intention always to teach. And I graduated 10 years ago. So I am finally circling back to the education element with my workshops. That's amazing. I love that. You really do have such a deep foundation and that clearly shows through your beautiful work and and your education too. So we'd love to know a little bit more about your individual journey as a creative. How did you get started then from your degrees into then photographing weddings? Absolutely. Yeah. When I moved to Los Angeles, my sister, like I said, was working in the wedding field and I needed a part-time job when I moved into my cousin's house. I wasn't paying rent yet, but I needed to make money to be able to live some sort of life in LA. 
And she introduced me to a wedding planner and I became her right-hand gal for seven years. So the nice thing about being a wedding photographer with a wedding planning background is I'm, I'm kind of the BFF to the planners and the coordinators, which I have that little bit of OCD organization where I'm going to keep a timeline on. And it's, it's a really big asset to how I function on a wedding day. But while I was working for that wedding planner, I decided to go back, get my master's. And one thing led to another when friends started getting married and they're like, hey, you work in the wedding industry. Hey, you take photos. Let's just like see these, you know, combine. And I started shooting friends' weddings and then started shooting strangers' weddings. And I really didn't take myself seriously probably for a few years after just randomly shooting weddings for $400 here and $1,000 here and not having any rhyme or reason to it. But that's actually how weddings start, wedding photography started, is I feel like it kind of chose me. I love that. I think it's so interesting that you started on the other side of like weddings with planning and helping assisting planning, but then because of your degree kind of switched over to photography. So you have different eyes on how a wedding works, which I think is really interesting. So I know with your education, you kind of, you're focused a lot on education. So how did you start creating your education offerings, the workshops and make them how they are today? Sure. So I, when I graduated with my MFA, the, the entire reason I went, because I'm not a student, let's say, like I'm not great at school. I have different learning disabilities and I don't, I don't learn how most people do. So for me, that was a challenging task to undertake to begin with. So for me, the intention was always to actually teach at a collegiate level. So I was hoping to be a professor of photography at a college or something of that nature. Part of me felt like that was a really good balance between creativity and stability. I was really interested in benefits and like, <laughs> we feel that. <laughs> oh my gosh, having some sort of stability in my life. I think for so long, it was flying by the seat of my pants and I still had that fire in me, but there's a lot more structure now. And I've always, always, always loved helping people. I think through elementary school, I was always paired up as like a peer partner, worked with special needs kids. I just, I've always been a helper. And I found that because I work best hands-on, that workshops seem to be the best way for me to learn, but also to teach. I am very effective in person. I don't do well with courses. Not to say courses aren't amazing. And actually, like my coach has like worked me through the fact that maybe I need to offer a course, even though I wouldn't be the one to buy it. I don't learn, I don't learn that well through courses, but just having these different branches of this education has been so important to me. And it's something that I've tiptoed around. I'm not even kidding, guys, for like the last eight years. I did like a mini workshop launch, like probably seven or eight years ago. I've always put together, because of my background in fashion, I've always been able to put together any content creation for myself. Like I've been able to structure it all. I haven't had to necessarily find too many creative partner partners, although I do love collaborating with people. 
So for me, it just became so natural. And after years and years of not trusting myself and second guessing myself, I finally spent a year this last year dedicated to building what this was going to be. And I launched in January of this year. So even though it has been a decade in the making, it's still very new. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely didn't realize it was that new because you have such a presence both in the photography community and just with how amazing all of the workshops and content looks. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I I definitely came out of the gates blazing. Not many people would probably suggest doing six workshops your first year. Not, (laughs) not, Not ideal in a lot of you know, ways, but not only financially, but just like your body hurts. So yeah, I mean, but I, I I would think I'm now making up for lost time. Yeah. You're making up for those 10 years in this. (laughs) I got a lot of ideas. Yeah. How you focused on workshops? Did you go to a workshop yourself and was like, this was amazing. And now I want to do something for others like this. I have always, like I said, I've always learned best hands-on and in-person. So anytime I've gone to a conference, even like not even a workshop, but anytime I've gone somewhere that I have an experiential like visit, it has been very impactful on me and my business. So I knew that regardless of what the content was, like I wanted it to be in-person and that's how I wanted to kick off with me pretty. But yeah, I've been to a number of editorials and workshops. And I have to say, this is in no way a dig at anybody's workshops or anything like that. I have to preface that because I feel like everyone feels like there's like competition and all this stuff. I, I think there's plenty for all of us, but I also think that I was filling a gap. And when I look at wedding editorials, I attended many and they found that while they were beautiful and and so, you know, some of them were like so organized and there were just so many great takeaways from each one. I also noticed that it didn't match my personal aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And for me, I found that like the word fine art wedding editorial had a very specific look. Yeah. And not all clients are getting married in a European chateau. So yeah. for me... <laughs> We wish. <laughs> really, I know. And that not, that's not to say that I'm not married. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's not what venues in California look like, right? <laughs> I've, done, I've done a French chateau wedding. It's beautiful. I, you know, that's not to, not to get it twisted. But my personal aesthetic, especially after my rebrand in 2020, it was, I definitely focused more on minimalism, on a more modern straight edge approach less is more. So I wanted to create something that not only felt like me, but I felt like was missing. And once I started teasing some of the mood boards and, and all of that stuff, I, the, the response was overwhelming. And I, I knew then that I had hit something and that it resonated and that not everybody wants to create the same thing and not every wedding should look the same. And, you know, there needs to be event identity. And I think that's where a lot of, you know, editorials, workshops, even wedding photographers in general, it all starts to look alike. And I was really, really looking to create something that felt refreshing Um, And that would give people a little bit more diversity within their portfolio. Love that. So are the Make Pretty Workshops, are they structured with like there's some education time and then there's an editorial? Are you teaching throughout an editorial? If you don't mind me asking. 
oh, of course. And I, uh, naturally, I'm going to complicate this. So I have, <laughs> I have a few different offerings. So my my domestic workshops look very different than my international workshops. So the domestic, I offer one-day workshops, which really are focused on iconic locations and epic fashion. So those are always going to be the pillars of my one-day workshops. This isn't something that we're trying to manufacture to look like a real wedding day. This is like key hero images that you're going to use throughout social, you're going to use throughout your website to market to those specific areas. For example, London, I had a one-day workshop. New York, I have a one-day workshop. And when we're targeting these iconic, you know, silhouettes of the city that are very, very easy to then brand yourself as either destination or if you're moving to that market, it's very easy, marketable material. Whereas my international usually are going to be two to three days. So my Mexico workshop was two days. I'm working on developing an Ireland workshop, whether that happens this year or next, it could be two, like two to three days. Those are going to be a mixture between a number of shoots rather than just, you know, one around the city and education and networking, you know. It just depends on the location. It depends who I'm able to bring in. So while I wish, and you know, maybe in the future, there will be a more structured format. Each workshop is very independent to itself um, to where, you know, I just hosted a Sea Ranch California workshop and that was focused primarily on a one day of content creation. But then we had a welcome party the night before. So that was getting to know people, networking. And then we had a business like hot seat the next morning so that we could brainstorm things for a handful of hours. And that, that actually, I think, was gold because I am working with different formatting. And while I love the idea of bringing somebody on to like speak, I also think there's so much to be learned when there's just dialogue and connection and conversation right. mm -hmm. that was so refreshing to just be like, hey, come with your questions and we're just going to get into the nitty gritty of it. And it was really, really impactful. I love that. That's awesome. How many people are you, you looking for for like each workshop for domestic and international? Sure. So this is something that when I was developing was very, very important to me because I found that in every editorial that I had gone to, it was always either an assembly line of getting the shot and or fighting for the right angle. And people would feel rushed and angsty and I didn't get enough or whatever, even if they shot 2000 images, there's that, there's that just like emotional, like angst of like oh I Absolutely. didn't have enough time I didn't have enough time so for that reason whether it's domestic or international my workshops are always kept at six I love that yeah definitely well and especially if you have that time like before like you said the welcome dinner to build rapport and community then Absolutely. it will be like this cutthroat experience yeah elbows or I mean, shots and you know. yeah, it's true it's true networking then too because you know there have been times where I've been in a workshop with 15 to 20 people and you know we're going to be introduced to a coordinator but really like one person sits next to that person at dinner so the, the actual introduction isn't isn't that value valuable if you don't have FaceTime or if you don't have time to connect so I think having those you know, multiple touch points, but in a more intimate setting really helps. And I think 
one of the biggest things that I found with having this smaller group is it allows people to just to breathe and to relax and to feel like, oh, that person's not shooting in my armpit. I don't have to worry about them. Like it's th- that that tension between the attendees is not there. If anything, there's more of a camaraderie where like they're like, hey, what do you need? Like, do you want me to hold the veil? Do you want me to do this? Whatever. Because you all get one on one time with the clients clients uh, aka models but like it's it's a really much more collaborative process when there's less people because you you find out that you know like hey I'm good I got this what do you need you know there there becomes a team like a team playing like mentality there Introducing our sponsor, your film processing experts, Photovision. Photovision has been a family-owned business since 1968, and we both use them as our film lab for personal and professional work. PV has been a part of my film journey since 2015 when I started shooting film. I love how personable and knowledgeable their team is. When I get my film scans back, it's like Christmas Day. They've helped me grow as a film photographer, assisted me in comparing scanners, and include helpful tools such as exposure reference sheets with scans so I can tell what adjustments I should make in camera next time. Yes, since I've started shooting film, I've turned to their educational Instagram and blog to learn more film tricks and love that they're always available to answer questions. Lately, I've been loving their new offering, Everyday 35mm Film Scanning, which includes proof prints. I've been sending in a lot of personal work, and getting the film uh, prints in the mail of my little is just so fun to have a tangible representation. Everything about working with Photovision is seamless, from submitting our orders online, getting scans in an easy-to-use platform, you always have the scans on your phone, so nice, and even ordering film. Yes, and as longtime Photovision clients, we cannot recommend using their lab more, and they've been so generous to offer our listeners one free roll of their signature process and scans using the code DAREDEVELOP, all caps. Make sure to check the show notes for more information. And I think on top of that, like you said earlier, Everything starts to look the same when it comes to workshops. So even with like less people, you're feeling like you can share this and not everybody has the same cover image now from F, from the same too. So absolutely. And I was very mindful about our Mexico workshop of the applications that I was taking in, making sure the people who attended were not in the same market. So that's something that I pay attention to. Is that always going to be the case? No, but like it, it is something I'm conscious of. And I wanted to make sure that like not everybody's leaving with the same content because it doesn't make sense to have six Southern California wedding photographers all shooting in Mexico, all coming back with it because they should have just done the shoot together. You know what I mean? Like it's just like they could have done something for themselves. But I I try to be as mindful as I can about who's coming and making sure that we have, you know, a variety of locations and markets so that you're, you know, you're not competing with people. Mm -hmm. I love that. So how has it been planning these workshops all over the country all over the world like obviously they're not all where your home base is located so how how what does that look like how do you bring on team members you know how do you organize all that that just sounds so stressful to me to try try and source vendors and you know designs all over the world (laughs) no it absolutely it absolutely can be and it's funny because some of my international have been easier than some of the domestic just because of location and accessibility and all of that good stuff i will say like any event there are always going to be hiccups. There are always going to be things that go wrong. So it is not for the faint of heart to put together these editorials and think that just because it's not 
you know, doesn't have the emotion of a wedding day. There are all different emotions that come through it, like lost luggage when you're in an international and not getting it back until the day before and having all of your styling kit inside, you know? So there's only so much you can take in your carry-on. But yeah, there's just a different element of planning. So I would say definitely on the international, I try to source and work with local vendors if and when I can, because I think it is important to not just come in with like a team of U.S. vendors and bulldoze somebody else's market. I think it's disrespectful and I think that it is not really a collaborative mindset to come into someone else's market, bringing in a bunch of strangers, people don't know anything about it. The great thing about London is I lived there. So I feel like there, you know, is a really, really nice background and history for me. But, you know, sourcing local, you know, dresses, or I used a local paper goods designer in Mexico using all foraged florals and like all the centerpieces, everything like that. Everything was forged from the island and using local hair and makeup. So we did the best that we could in terms of planning, finding people that, you know, were local, but also fit the bill in terms of the level of type of vendor and type of editorial that I'm trying to create. I want to be clear about the fashion that we're bringing in, that it is very fashion forward and that we want to be working with those designers that are not only going to up-level your portfolio, but give recognition when you're tagging. There is a level of trust when people see that you're working with these high-level vendors and designers. So that's super important to me and it warrants the ticket price. Love that. And so how do you go about marketing these international workshops too? Like I know six, while that's not a large number, I'm sure for the logistics of the workshop, you know, it also balances on needing the, you know, to fill the attendee spots. So how do you end up marketing these? So far, and this is not this is not my marketing pitch. I have ever done everything pretty much word of mouth through my email. I built an email list and through communities that I'm a part of. Luckily, I have really great support staff in terms of like fellow vendors that are like really been my cheerleaders that are sharing things. Traditional marketing has not really kicked in full full flow yet, but social media and my email list have been my main channels of marketing. And I would say we're at at least 50% capacity at all of them. I would say I don't hate the fact that it's not full. Like I think it creates a, a, a really nice learning experience for people. But with room to grow, we will probably be trying more targeted marketing down the road. What that is yet, I just don't know. Love that. So where do you see the Make Pretty Workshops going in the future? I want to, I, I will always be a wedding photographer first and foremost, as long as my body holds out, <laughs> which after back surgery, after back surgery last year, you know, it might be less years than I think, but I think that the, the place that my heart is really in now is this creation and education and mentoring. So I really love being able to help and guide people through whatever I've gone through in the past. And if I can help make that maybe transition a little bit easier for somebody else or, or even just be a guidebook to somebody, I'm so excited to do that. So I really would love to make that shift of taking on less weddings and having those be more supplemental to this. I love speaking. I love 
mentoring. I have independent mentorship clients that, that, you know, either come out of the workshops or they then attend a workshop because they worked with me before, which is really nice because there's that multiple offering that I can, I can help with those. But yeah, I mean, I, I really want it to become a full-fledged education space for people, whether it's, I need to create the content, I need to network, I need to, you know, beef up my business and, and really just kind of like hear it from somebody who's maybe a few years ahead of me. I want, it, I want the workshops to really be that and grow. So, you know, in the future, maybe an online course, in the future, maybe like multi-day summit where there's speakers I I there's so many things that are in my brain about this and because I'm in my first year of the official launch the workshops themselves have been my focus but I really do want it to become a platform and a place that people feel safe enough to go and learn and really be inspired to play because I think these type of environments and atmospheres, whether you're going to a workshop or an editorial or a conference, those are times where you get to be creative, you get to experiment. And I find that these workshops, people are able to maybe try a method or work with slow shutter speed and see what blur looks like and shoot film if they're not used to shooting film yet or any of those things and then take it back to their clients. I don't think people should be experimenting on a wedding day, but I do think that this is the place where they can come and be creative and then better serve their clients on the back end. I love that. I mean, just your heart behind it and how you want to help people is is so inspiring. We would love to know like have you kind of circle back with some of your early workshop students? Like what kind of return on investment? What kind of results are they getting from whether that's just unlocking a new creative skill or booking content then in the location that they got to shoot out with your workshop? Have you heard any, you know, wins after the fact? <laughs> I have. I've been so grateful that everybody has come back and shared shared with me wins and or how beneficial it's been for them, not only with, you know, our ROI, but um, just the way that they're looking at things differently. Something that I found really interesting, which within my workshops, you get a one-to-one hot seat call after the workshop. And that's, you know, you have a timeline in which you can schedule that. And that can be discussing we could go through what you shot if you want in terms of like curation and all of that good stuff I usually take a look at people's websites and something that I found that two of the previous attendees have had me do is go through an entire like wedding gallery of theirs and just really kind of curate and audit it and both of them independent to each other just said you know I've never had anyone look at an entire gallery and just tell and tell me why certain images were stronger than others. So we have a lot of opportunity to really help refine the eye a little bit. And I think that's been beneficial. But then also my last international workshop in London, we shot at this amazing venue. And within two weeks, the attendee was booked on a job to shoot there so I I was so jealous <laughs> I'm like that's amazing that's what you get for shooting film over digital those digital shooters can get yeah. <laughs> right away that but just true. the opportunity to 
just the opportunity to geotag and hashtag, she was able to book a client for that venue. And I just, that makes me so happy to see that not only the investment of coming over to London and the investment of the workshop is now paying off because she wanted to target England and she has paying clients there now. That's amazing. That is amazing. What tips do you have for someone who's looking to attend an international workshop? I would definitely, I think this, this is something that I've been asking myself too, because I know that when things are all inclusive, it becomes much more easy to attend or to pull the trigger. So find something because I'm developing the further international workshops. I'm developing everything with like accommodations included, just because I find it to be so much easier. My Mexico workshop had accommodations included for part of it. And then if they wanted to extend, they could. And I found that it just got clunky. And that's something that I was able to learn. So, you know, for any of the multi-day workshops that I do international food and accommodations will be part of it because I think it just when you're going to a different country it's hard enough sometimes to just get there especially if you are not like a fluent traveler or if it's in a different, <laughs> if it's in a different language there's a different yeah. language or you know there's just an insecurity of traveling by yourself maybe any of those things I want to eliminate any reasons for you to not have this experience, whether it means creating shuttles from the airport to wherever we are, any of that kind of stuff is all what I'm looking looking into for my workshops. So if I had to suggest to somebody else who was looking at other international workshops is look for those all-inclusive, really well-organized experiences. And I think while the education is a really good portion of it, the main thing you need to focus on is what kind of content is going to work for you and your business. Mm -hmm. Don't go to Italy just because Italy's pretty. Like if you never plan on working in Italy again, like there's no point. Figure out like maybe you're based in California and a Mexico workshop makes so much more sense because you'd be much more likely to be booked in Mexico because because you're only three hours away rather than Italy. So yeah. those are things that I would just consider is like how marketable and and are you looking to expand to this market? Don't just go there because, ooh, I want to go to Italy. Which, or if you have a your budget that allows that kind of <laughs> time, awesome, go to Italy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I think that's one of the bigger things too, is just understanding what you're going to get from it and making sure that, you know, the education's amazing, but that that content is really going to be able to go, you know, the full distance for you. Love that. And on the other side of the coin, what tips do you have for someone that's looking to organize like an international shoe or a workshop? Don't. No, I think similarly to the wedding industry, it takes a certain personality to be able to thrive in this industry. And I think it takes similarly the same personality to organize and put together an editorial or a workshop in another country. You have to be savvy. You have to under, understand and actually research local. Like for me, like 
at, London is one of the most difficult places to shoot and film, whether it is for weddings, engagements, or the film industry making movies. It is one of the most difficult places. The amount of hoops I had to jump through to obtain like five different permits was next level. So being able to understand that you can't just go up and show up at the Tower of London and like expect to shoot there and not be kicked off because you will be. So really being able to do the research, understanding why you're going to a certain location, what the rich history of that location brings, you know, looking into local vendors and seeing who you can source there rather than bringing everybody in. And then, of course, supplementing, supplementing with talent if you if you do, you know, collaborate and grow with other destination vendors. I think that's smart to partner in that way understanding like anything and much like planning a wedding your budget is not your budget until you like you have to actually figure out your budget unexpected expenses can come from anywhere from last minute cancellations to lost luggage to having to repurchase things to dresses being shipped and not arriving in time there's so many different elements of this that you just have to have backup plan on backup plan so the biggest thing i i would say is just like be organized <laughs> be super organized and just understand that you are a firefighter and that you are constantly going to going from one challenge to the next in order to create this really effortless and seamless experience for your attendees when really behind the scenes, it's chaos a lot of times. So being able to manage that, I think is, is the biggest thing I, I would put out there before someone wants to, you know, jump off the bridge. <laughs> and I think your years of planning experience really help you with this because most photographers don't have that and then they're like what do I do and <laughs> how do I plan this and then chaos happens and they don't yeah. even, even locally even locally I think the number one thing that I get is people who inquire about the workshops not wanting to meet that investment and then saying well I'm just going to produce something of my own and and then I have to do like this reverse education of okay do you know how much it costs to get this do you know how much it costs to get this do you know how much because honestly you're going to spend more than it would be to attend a, an editorial or a workshop to get the level of content that you would be getting so you just have to figure out what the trade-off is is it worth it to spend more and have one-to-one -one content, which I do that. I have for my mentorship cl client, I just did the one-to-one -one workshop in downtown Los Angeles. And it was amazing. That's specific branded content that then she can use. And she's not worried about, you know, five other people having it, but really just figuring out the logistics and understanding the nuances and hidden costs of producing something. So I think a lot of it just comes down to whether or not you want something specifically for yourself, understanding the price that you're going to have to pay or trusting somebody to put it together for you. Absolutely. Well, thanks for diving into all things international workshops and creating content days. We really appreciate it. If it's all right, we'd love to move into a time of fast facts for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> All right, let's dive in. So first off, what do you shoot with? So I'm Contact 645. I just added a Contact N1, which I am very excited about. So that is my new baby. And then I work in the digital world of Canon. So I've tried to 
switch recently to Sony because I've heard so many do amazing things, <laughs> but I have man hands and Canon fits the best in my head. So <laughs> it's bang. Sony is a little small body there. It's too small. It's too small. <laughs> the interface isn't like, it's, I just can't, I can't. <laughs> what is your favorite post-wedding snack? Okay. So if I'm in California, because I am based on both coasts, if I'm in California and there's an in and out nearby, I will definitely wait the 25 minutes in the drive. I a hundred percent will do that. When I'm actually backing up files, I almost always have a glass of wine, but popcorn or Justin's peanut butter cups. That's like, that's the snack. Good. And when you're on the way to the wedding or you're getting ready for your attendees to show up at the workshop, do you have like music that gets you pumped up and in the mood? No. (laughs) I love it. You want to know what, you guys? I'm the worst. I Silence is like actually really, really good for me because I am already a very active brain in general. Undiagnosed ADD for sure. And I think I am already so pumped and amped when I'm either going to a workshop or or a wedding that like the silence is really really key in balancing myself out definitely there's actually a lot of people who are like that so you're definitely oh, not <laughs> what is your favorite thing to do outside of the industry I grew up in a huge sports family I love going to baseball games I love traveling for any and all reasons and I am a huge advocate for dog rescue on that what is the best education you've learned from personally making all the mistakes yeah (laughs) learn by doing (laughs) I think I think that everybody wants a shortcut and while I love to work with my coaching clients and like and I I can only do so much there are certain things that you just have to learn by suffering through and and you know hopefully it's short and sweet but there are just certain things that unless you don't make that mistake you don't truly learn it and then there are some mistakes that are really hard to make but once you make them you'll never make them again so I think for me it's mostly just been by doing all the wrong things first to learning what works and doing the right things for me down the road. And I will say investing in a coach has been really, really amazing for me. I would say over the last six or seven years, I've always had a coach. And I think as a solopreneur and as a creative, sometimes it gets very lonely and sometimes we can get in our own heads. Just having that accountability and somebody to bounce ideas off of who come from a non-judgy you know, place of support, I think is really important. So that's been a huge thing for me also. How have you, how have you found your coaches over the last six, seven years? Almost always by referral, by somebody who said that they've been working with them or that I've been exposed to them either at a conference or summit of sorts. I am a master networker. It's one of the things that I do really well. And I know that about myself. So I try to get out and meet as many people as I can. So meeting, just meet by chance, meeting people has been really great. So yeah. Love that. And what is one daring leap you've taken in your business or life? These workshops. I would say finally, finally, these workshops. I would say actually leaving all of my part-time gigs, leaving all of my side hustles and really trying to finally lean into myself and take myself seriously. 
I think because I was a creative my whole life and I don't have a business degree or I don't have not run a business prior to this, I just thought that I was doing it for fun and, and I happened to make a, a career out of it, but I didn't trust myself to really be successful. And I think once I finally made the decision to let all of the other stuff go, whether it be the wedding planning, which honestly was an asset in a lot of ways for a long time, but I also helped open the flagship Leica Gallery in West Hollywood. And I worked there for two years and just just letting all of the extra fluff go and really focusing on me was was probably the biggest daring leap for myself. And then, of course, at, you know, once you do that, learning how to survive and learning how to, you know, create that income when you don't have the stability anymore, that's that's when you really learn how thrifty you are. Definitely. What is one thing you feel like you're great at in your business? Like you said, networking. I think I'm a people person, first and foremost. I've always been, like I said, a helper and just very interested in people. So I would say that probably first. But I'm a naturally optimistic person. And I think that when you take on something as heavily emotional as wedding photography and or these editorials, it's important to be able to roll with the punches, but also be able to keep your eye on the prize and understand that this is for a bigger thing and it is going to work out. And there's always a place to vent and complain. And yes, I do plenty of that. But I think being a natural optimist has really helped me in terms of believing that I can reach, you know, the goals that I want to and do the things that I don't see people doing. And I'm like, well, why can't we do that? We can do that. Like, you know, so just having that attitude has helped me tremendously. Love it. And where can our listeners find you and your workshops online, websites, Instagram, et cetera? All the things. So for the editorials, it's makeprettyworkshop.com. And then Instagram is makeprettyworkshop also. And then my wedding website is mollyandco.com and mollyandcophoto on Instagram. Love it. Wonderful. And do you have any special announcements for our listeners? Yeah, I would love to share that this fall I'm finishing up my first year of editorials and I will be announcing some dates, whether it happens this fall or or next year for Ireland, but also a potential New York workshop coming up, which has been my most requested of everybody who has been on the email list and inquiring via DM or any of that. So I am here to serve and giving them what they want. Love it. All right, Molly. In closing, what is one thing you want to dare our listeners to do after hearing your episode? Oh, I would dare you to believe in yourself and get out of your own way because we sometimes are our biggest hurdles. And if you need help, you can ask any three of us and we will tell you, you can do it. Yes. Love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Dare to Develop podcast. We really appreciate it. So glad I could be here. Thank you. Molly has such great insight on just the background of what it takes to host a workshop and her background on being a wedding planner completely helps her with this and it might not be for everybody. Yes, I definitely really resonated with the fact that it takes a certain personality, a certain logistical dominant person to be able to put on workshops all over the country and all over the world. I love how she talked about 
you know, finding the balance of working with people, you know, as well as staying true to the culture or the location that you're shooting at, as well as just how great the results have been for some of our workshop attendees. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear about their eyes just evolving and even one of the attendees getting a wedding at one of the locations. Yes. So I hope you learned some good nuggets about planning potentially your own international workshop or attending one. And we hope you take Molly's advice to trust yourself and just go out there and make pretty. Don't forget to use our code DARE to develop all caps for one free roll of PV signature process and scans and access PhotoVision's full library of photography tips at photovisionprints.com. Thanks so much for joining us today on DARE to develop. We'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review if you love today's episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at daretodevelopodcast.com and follow along on IG at dare to develop. Catch us next week for more fun as we hear from creatives who have dared greatly in their businesses and develop community along the way.